Well, hello again. I'm uh, continuing, uh, and it's quite critical if you could get or see or hear the previous message, because I'm actually in the middle of Hebrews 11, and this is a very, very important chapter. And um, on the last message, I was referring particularly to verse Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that seek him. And in actual fact, what we've got is <laughs> we've got a whole load of people mentioned. Um, by the way, you'll notice I'm speaking without a tie. It's very hot, and <laughs> uh, it's just too hot to have a tie around my neck. It, it's, um, so you'll understand. I'm, I'm doing this in this very hot weather. Okay. So we've already dealt with people like Abel, who by faith offered a better sacrifice than Cain, Enoch, who actually was translated because he pleased God, Abraham, and the this is where I ended in the last message, Abraham, by faith, actually left his home and traveled in the wilderness in faith, believing that he would gain the inheritance and he did it without, and the Bible says he didn't even know where he was going. <laughs> Sometimes I think I've got that sense in my life that I'm going by faith and hardly knowing where I'm going. I don't think I realized when I said that I would go to Siberia in 1994 as the Soviet Union was collapsing. I didn't realize what was involved when I said I'd take 400 people to the far side of Siberia. But we did it. We did. You know, this is the thing. We did it. And these people that are coming up now in this uh, next message all go down as witnesses that they actually did it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to say that it's so easy to talk about things and tell other people to do it, but to actually get out and do it yourself is something different. I, 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 I can remind you of something which I've said before, that when I was a pastor, um, God really, in a way, I would say he upset me, but uh, it was prophetic. He said, stop talking. I'm tired of listening to you. Go out and do what you tell other people to do, and then don't come back till you've done it. <laughs> Spent 60 years in that position, more than 60 years. It's coming up to nearly 70 of doing it. But so we move into this thing here, which is, the whole question of faith, and to me, faith is so important. Um, we can see in verse 11, through faith, uh, receive strength to conceive when she was so old. It's impossible. And um, then he goes on in verse 12. This is uh, Paul speaking to the Hebrews. Therefore sprang they even of one and him as good as dead. Because that's what I'm going to show you in a moment. As many as the stars of the sky in multitude and the sand on the shore. Um, 
But in verse 13, it simply says, these all died in faith who did not actually receive the promises that they were believing for. Now, most of us, if we're talking about faith, actually expect to receive the promise. <laughs> when I talk about faith, I actually, uh, in most cases, see the fulfillment of my faith. It actually happens. But this is important to note here that it simply is saying that the ones that I've already given you and the ones I'm going to follow on with after this most of them died without actually seeing the fulfillment of their faith. But they were so confident in their lives that they lived by faith. Um, it's saying something here in verse 13 and 14 that I have to explain because these people died in faith, not seeing the promises, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now, this is very interesting because you don't seem to hear preachers talking about this, that we are, in actual fact, citizens. <laughs> this could get me into trouble. We're citizens of a distant country. It's not the country where you live whether it's England, America, Russia, or, or Kazakhstan. I'm only listing some. It's not where you're actually living. We are living, working, and dying because we believe the promise of God that we would inherit not just the promised land that Israel inherited, but a whole coming kingdom, the kingdom of God. And in verse 14, and I'm using the uh, authorized version, they say such things and declare plainly that they seek a country. Now, this is interesting because I don't notice this very much uh, put in quite such simple or blunt terms that those of these uh, that we're mentioning who lived and died in faith did so because they were seeking to be citizens of a heavenly kingdom. That's the country. And in verse 15, truly, if they'd been mindful of that country that they had come out of, they might have had opportunity to have returned. So, in other words, if they had been concerned, uh, mindful, if they had been over-concerned and um, looking back at the countries they've left, they might have wanted to go back. This was the trouble with Israel, that having, despite the miracles of the plagues and the crossing of the Red Sea, they were ever wanting to go back. And... This is an absolute tragedy that people cannot see that what we're giving up is nothing compared to what we will receive. And I'll show you this as we continue on in this chapter. You see, in verse 16, they now desire a better country. 
a heavenly one where God is not ashamed to be called their God because he's prepared for them a city. You know, it's very interesting because the, uh, the, the people like Paul, the apostles, and Jesus himself and others, actually it particularly comes from Jesus that he does refer to the fact that part of the reward that we get in heaven is to be rulers over cities. And so it means that there is something very tangible. <laughs> I, I can remember my older brother uh, is reputed to have said that his thought of heaven would be sitting on a damp cloud with your feet in butter. Now, how on earth he came up with that, I don't know. But heaven is not. Heaven is tangible. It is a city. I mean, Revelation speaks about a new Jerusalem coming down from um, heaven, and the description of it, it is so big that uh, it, it's bigger than most nations. So heaven is is a place, heaven is tangible, and it's somewhere we will live, but a thousand times better than anything this world can offer. And the whole message and challenge to Christians is this. Don't set your mind, your heart on things here. What is promised us is something tangible, wonderful, and far better than anything that we can imagine. And so we go on because we continue with, uh, in 17, continue with Abraham. And we're going to go through a lot of people here. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered his son Isaac on the altar in sacrifice. Now, Abraham and Sarah only received this child in late years when they were far too old. And yet, that child that was born, um, Isaac, was fulfillment of a promise that God had said that Abraham would become the father of a great nation. And yet, until those last years of his life, he didn't even have a child. And so for Abraham then to be asked to sacrifice that son, the fact that although the promise given him was to be father of a great nation, he was prepared to sacrifice the only hope. But in faith, that that child would be raised from the dead. You know, you get this business of resurrection uh, with Jesus, and of course it was brought to a head with Jesus because that is the significant thing about him, that he died and rose again. But this question of resurrection does appear again and again in the Scripture. Then, if we move on to verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the future. By faith, Jacob, 
when he was dying, blessed the sons of Joseph. So both of these men here were blessing the future offspring before they're even born. And in verse 22, by faith Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel. So Joseph, who was born before, while Egypt was still in captivity, not only prophesied that Israel would leave Egypt, but commanded that his bones should not be buried in Egypt. You see, they, these, these things are so prophetic. Prophecy isn't just with the words of the great prophets. Prophecy comes out from the lips of so many. And in verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months. Why? Because the order was to kill all the male boys. And his mother, well, it doesn't say just his mother, come on. Uh, normally we say it was his mother, but it says here it was his parents, that his mum and his dad hid him because they saw by faith that he was a special child. And they weren't afraid of the king's commandment because by faith they were keeping Moses alive in order that God could fulfill his promise. And verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, he chose rather to be identified with the captive Israelites and suffer affliction with them rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin. And believe me that Egypt at that time was a hotbed of sin. And to be uh, the son of Pharaoh's daughter would have brought him into a life of sin and corruption, but he chose instead to identify with his people. Why? Verse 26, because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than all the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect to the recompense of the reward. Do you see, it's all coming back to a faith, ultimately, that we make sacrifices here, but in faith that the reward that God will give us is a thousand times greater. And in verse 27, he left Egypt, uh, not afraid of the wrath of the king, but as seeing him who is invisible, because through all of this, he saw in the spirit, he recognized God who is invisible. And in verse 28, through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch him, so that in actual fact he is still anticipating the miracle. In verse 29, with Israel by faith they passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. And the Egyptians who tried to do it were drowned. And this is, this is such an interesting thing here, that 
when they came to the Red Sea, the whole of Israel passed across on dry land. Now, if you can imagine, the waters of the Red Sea are, are dried up. But normally, if, if the water is stopped, you've got mud. But here, something like, uh, someone said, something like two million people with all their cattle, their sheep, their cow, whatever, and the children passed across on dry land, so dry that when the Egyptian army following them wanted to cross, they were taking horses and chariots, and you don't drive horses and chariots through mud. So you can understand, and I've heard people try to explain this away by saying that the water was shallow and they walked through it. <laughs> if the water was shallow, how did it drown the Egyptians? And if it was shallow, then it was muddy, and how could they drive horses and chariots through it? No, it was the Red Sea, it dried up, and it was on dry land. And by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down, when Israel was commanded to go round it with the trumpets. Verse 31, by faith, the harlot Rahab didn't die uh, with those that didn't believe when she received the spies with peace. So, you see, here, it's, it's a wonderful thing because Rahab, who was a harlot, you know what this is, Rahab didn't die with the other sinners. She was a sinner. She didn't die because in faith she rescued the spies and they gave her the sign that she had to put that red cord in the window so that they would identify her house and the wall and the red cord is a symbol of the blood of Christ. You see, it all comes back to that whole question of faith. And then in verse 32, he says, what more shall I say? Because time would fail me to tell all those people. And then he begins to talk of Gideon, of Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David. Yes, David comes here, and Samuel, and all of the prophets. So he can't even list all the prophets. But then he goes on in verse 33. All these men from those Old Testament ages, all these men, through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, vaxed, valiant in fight and turn to flight the armies of the Asian, uh, aliens. Now, just look at this. Just look at this. This is what's happening. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And in verse 35, women received their dead raised to life. Now, this is what Paul is talking about, faith. 
Faith is this powerful. You know, I, I hear preachers talking about faith, but faith is not just something ethereal. It's not just something mental. It's not just something in your head. Faith is the life that you live. I hope that I'll be counted amongst this number because by faith I was healed twice from major cancer. By faith I became the first person to cross by land all the way by car from England into Jerusalem in 1961. Yes, I was honored on television, but I did it by faith. By faith, I evangelized in the Soviet Union for 30 years under communism. By faith, I took 400 people to Siberia for three months. Oh, yes, it goes on and on. We're expected to live like that today. And by God's grace, I do, because the Lord said to me, God said to me, don't tell other people to do it unless you're prepared to do it yourself. And I'm doing it. I've been doing it all my life. And age 91, I'm doing it more. That's why I'm working in Central Asia. So you can see what it really means that they did all of this, they didn't accept deliverance so that they could obtain a better resurrection. And it goes on in verse 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, bonds, imprisonment. Oh, yes, I was in prison also. I know what it's like. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, tempted, slain with a sword, wandered in sheepskins, destitute, afflicted, tormented, Verse 38 sums it up so beautifully. The world wasn't worthy of these men and women. It wasn't worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens, in caves. And yet, in verse 39, it's clear. All of these, having obtained a good report through faith, didn't receive the promise. What is the promise? The promise is eternal life in God's kingdom. The promise is not something temporal down here. It's something positive. That's why uh, the Bible and Paul are talking about cities. They're talking about something tangible. Look, heaven, I'm trying to emphasize this. Heaven is not just a theory. Heaven is something so practical that it's worth giving your life to be able to get there. And verse 39, all of these that we've mentioned obtained a good report through faith. They didn't receive the promise. God has provided something better for us that we should join them. We've got to be the same. Here, it's telling us we've got to be the same and live like that. And that leads us into the first verse of chapter 12. And I have to finish on this. Seeing we are encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. You know, everything that's gone on, is, is they are the witnesses. All these people in the Bible are the witnesses. 
I'm the witness. That's why I can preach. And that's why I've got so much power now at my age because I am the living witness of the truth of what God says. We are compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. So let us lay aside every weight and the sin which also hinders us and run with patience the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus. Oh, let me just encourage you. If all these men and women died without actually seeing the fulfillment of the promise, let us not be concerned. If we don't see the fulfillment of the promise in our lives, we live by faith. And that's why I come back to that verse, verse 6 in Hebrews 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God and to believe that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let me just remind you of the promise that is ours, that we will live and reign with Christ in that eternal kingdom when Christ comes back and rules the world for a thousand years. Those of us who live by faith now will live and rejoice and rule with him. This is what faith is about. Faith, as it says in Hebrews, is substance and evidence. I have, by faith, the substance and the evidence. And that's what I declare to you. God bless you. Thank you for listening. My God will supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful promise. When you are committed to and support the gospel, then stand on this promise that when you give to the extension of the kingdom, God will supply all your need. Jesus called it giving and receiving. This year God has given us wonderful opportunities to preach the gospel in Armenia, Georgia and Poland. And we continue to support Ukraine by distributing humanitarian and spiritual aid. For 12 months, our staff have helped the displaced, vulnerable and injured, supplying food and medicines. To make a donation, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash donation. We would like to give you a free gift. David Hathaway's Prophetic Vision magazine is available free of charge. All you need to do is ask for it. This faith-building resource will show you the path to revival in your life and ministry. To receive this free magazine, visit eurovision.org.uk forward slash magazine. Strength for now and for eternity. David will guide you through the Apostle Paul's letters to the Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. David has written this book to strengthen your faith at a time when everything around us is being shaken. Join David as he delves deep into the truths of the Bible. Order David's book, A Firm Foundation, by visiting our website.
eurovision.org.uk forward slash shop.